Okay. <clears throat> One of the diff most difficult portions of the New Testament to interpret. And I didn't go to the book. I should have gone to the book that we've got. It's about that thick. <laughs> and all the difficult verses of the Bible. <laughs> and see what they come up with with this por portion of Scripture. But they go through and give a different views on different portions. And here's one of those difficult portions. No matter whatever you say, <clears throat> you'll drop some friends. Or <laughs> you'll have an argument. Or you people won't like your conclusion. But let's uh, just see what we can come up with tonight. For instance, the pulpit commentary catalogues about two dozen authors and highlights their respective conflicting positions on these verses here tonight. <clears throat> Yet the facts as stated by Peter seem clear enough as we compare first and second Peter on the subject. Now, <clears throat> the Lord at death went to the underworld. He went to the place of departed spirits and he made a proclamation there in verse 19 we read by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison I remember years ago I was only a teenager and uh, Pastor Mullen was preaching on this and he let us all have it and uh, <clears throat> I remember the the <laughs> He preached, he proclaimed, you know, he didn't preach, he, he wasn't an evangelist, he was just telling them the truth. And those rotters down there, he just told them what for, they're not going to get out of there and just let them have it. <laughs> he just, the way he told and preached it, he really, he said, hell's going to be hot for you fellas and it's never gonna, you're never going to get out of here. <laughs> you know, because of course he had the Catholics in there and he was letting them have it too, you know, there's no purgatory. <laughs> so, so I think he had that in mind when he was preaching it. Uh, something like that years ago. <clears throat> but he says, he went and preached, Peter says, to the spirits in prison. In the next verse, in verse 20, there he, he went, oh sorry, verse 19, he went, is used for a person going on a journey. The word preached in the Greek is to proclaim. He didn't go to the underworld to preach the gospel, as I just said, <laughs> that I heard years ago. He didn't go there to evangelise. He wasn't going there to save these people. Their decisions had already been made. He wasn't making a joyful announcement to them. It was a dreadful message to them. Their, their leader was had it. Their leader was not going to win the victory. We, we fight on the basis of the victory that's been won at the cross, don't we? And this, he was, the Lord was able to proclaim to them. I've won the victory. I went through the cross and the suffering of it victoriously. And I'm going to be raised again. <laughs> it hadn't happened at this time. And the word for spirits is pneuma. And Kenneth West says that this word is never used in the New Testament to depict a human being. The word used here for spirits, not a human being as a free moral agent. The context suggests that the spirits of whom Peter refers to are fallen angels of the antediluvian age, that is, that is before the flood, Genesis 6, 2-4. Now these spirits are said to be imprisoned, in prison there. And this word, imprison here, is phylake in the Greek, which has various meanings in the New Testament. It literally means a cage. In the book of Revelation, in Revelation 20 verse 7, 
It's, the word is used of Antichrist's commercial capital, the city of Babylon, the hold, the hold or the phylac of every fell spirit, the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. It's also used of the place of Satan's incarceration during the millennium in Revelation 20 and verse 7, where he's going to be held up in that time, imprisoned at that time. Now, just going through four words, and we'll draw a conclusion to it after we look at four different words for the place of departed spirits, whether they be um, angelic or whether they be human. Um, Now, and the first one, well, let's just go through it. Gehenna, G-E-H-E-N-N-A. It comes from a Greek word, G-E-N-N-A. Gehinnon, the valley of Hinnom, the valley of the sons of Hinnom. It's an ill-omen valley. It was a deep and narrow Ravine with steep rocky sides to the southwest of Jerusalem. I really wanted to go down there and have a look, but it wasn't a safe place to go because that's forbid. Well, Jews are not supposed to go down there because it's not in their part of their territory. Uh, <clears throat> has rocky sides on it. Formed a boundary between the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. Though there were two southern tribes, and the na- another name for this place was Tophet on the. S- Southern Brow, which overlooked the valley at its eastern extremity. Solomon erected a high place for Moloch there. When I read that, when I've read it and read it again and again, I just shake my head. I just read and been reading in there about Solomon's coming into the kingdom, David putting him there and, and the wisdom that he asked for and the wisdom that he got from God. And then he did that a little bit later on, but I just... <laughs> You're sort of you, putting them two together is hard, isn't it? <laughs> he built and erected a high place for Moloch there. Helpless little children were sacrificed in a cruel and hideous fashion to this demon god. One of his wives talked him into doing this. Josiah put an end to these fiendish abominations by spreading human bones and filth over the place, rendering it unclean. In Second Kings 23... It became then the cesspool of the city. Everything was dumped in it. And it was a fire lit in it that constantly burnt. Constantly burnt. The smoke constantly ascended up from this place, this valley of Hinnom. Some scholars claim that the eternal fires which were kept burning there consumed dead bodies and other, all the tip rubbish went into this place. Years ago when... Like cleaning the tip off a yak and dander, some, <laughs> dare I say it, wise farmer would come and light the tip. <laughs> it would reduce it in size by heaps. <laughs> and then you could have a few years extra dumping. <clears throat> and then they'd dump all the prunings in a different section, would heap them up and burn them off once a year. Massive pile at the end of the year. But then they forbid that and they had to crunch them all up, chip them. And I don't know where they put them all, but you see, it releases as much whatever methane when you chip them, it just releases it slower. So it's going to catch up with it one day because it all just goes rotten and releases methane. 
if you burn it, I guess it means, well, or whatever, carbon dioxide. A anyway, make it. <laughs> and this, this tip burnt continually this, at this bottom corner of, of Jerusalem. So it became the cesspool of the city. No wonder the Jews regarded Gehinnom as the very picture of hell itself. And the Lord used the word in this sense, and you can, you can get the word and look at it in the New Testament where it's used and pick up what it means. In Matthew 5.29, Matthew 10.28, we won't look there, and Matthew 23, verse 15, a place where the fire is not quenched. That's the meaning we get from it. It means hell. A, play, a place where it keeps burning and the stench keeps coming out. Gay Hinnom, Hinnon, H-I-N-N-O-M. The second word for the place called of the eternal abode is the word Hades, H-A-D-E-S, and it's the same as the word Sheol in the Old Testament. Psalm 16.10 uses the word Sheol. And the word Hades is the Greek word. It's re a reference to the unseen world. The Greeks used it as an unseen world. Eleven times used in the New Testament. And the Hebrew word used 65 times in the Old Testament. It has reference to the grave and must be distinguished as such from the ordinary Hebrew word for grave which is a different word in the Hebrew. The word Sheol refers to a, the state of death, not, not just the grave, the hole in the ground, but to the state of death. The Lord gives us the best description of Hades in Old Testament times and up until the time of his ascension. <coughs> we learn he gave it in the Gospels, now yeah, Old Testament. Guess where it was used? A description of that. He called it Abraham's bosom and the place where the other people were huh, of torment place of torment Abraham's bosom called paradise Luke 23 43 a place of conscious rest and comfort and the Lord went to Hades at the time of his death it, and uh, just look up the Greek words <laughs> he emptied paradise section of Hades taking his cap its captives captive Ephesians 4 verses 8 to 10 in the, Old Test in the Old Testament, the departed went down. 1 Samuel 28, 15. In the New Testament, they go up. Absent from the body and present with the Lord. We don't go there. Departed spirits don't go there anymore in Acts 1, 9 to 11. I, I wanted to move even quicker than this, just mentioning them, but I think a little detail is okay. <laughs> then the third word is the word abyss. We're going to get to what we're looking at in, in Peter in a bit. <laughs> Abyss, A-B-Y-S-S-O-S, but it's, they dropped the O-S off it, abyss. The bottomless pit, this term suggests an immeasurable depth somewhere in the underworld. It occurs nine times in the New Testament. The fierce legion of demons who possessed the Gadarean maniac, remember? When the Lord was there, they pleaded for him not to send them to the abyss in Luke 8.31. And Paul intimates that the Lord visited this dreaded place in Romans 10, verse 6 and 7. 
where it's called the deep. The word deep there is the abyss. <clears throat> Let me read that so we get it in the context of Romans 10 and verse 6 and 7. Just before the wonderful verses, as if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart. And verses 6 and 7. But the righteous which is of righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend up to heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up again from the dead. Now it's intimated, not stated. From the, from the dead. <laughs> and that, from the deep. And that word is there, abyss. Now, <clears throat> during the Great Tribulation, countless hordes of terrifying locust evil spirits are released from the abyss to torment the ungodly. A king known as the angel of the abyss will rule them. Not only is he named, but his, his name is given in Hebrew and Greek. Abaddon, Apollyon. Uh, Abaddon is Hebrew, Apollyon Greek. And his name signifies destroyer. That's Revelation 9, 1 to 11. We could go into a lot of other things about that. Uh, <clears throat> Satan is to be locked up in this same prison during the millennial time as well. That's in Revelation 20, 1 to 3. And we mentioned earlier about another place. The fourth word used for the underworld is Tartarus. This is only used once. Let's turn to this one. It's in Second Peter, chapter two, verse four. Second Peter, chapter two. First Peter. And we read for God, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, and we've got to tie this one with the one we're looking at, but cast them down to hell. This Tartarus, you look it up in the Greek, I made sure. I looked it up in the interlinea to make sure. <laughs> and delivered them into the chains of darkness who reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world but saved Noah. So when, what time frame do these ones tie with? Who was around? What was it that caused them to be chained up? Well, Spared not the angels that sinned. Hey, you see, not all the angels are locked up because that fell with Satan. And we know from Revelation 12, a third of the angels that's, that were sinned and fell with Satan, he drew a third of the stars of heaven. <clears throat> so it's not talking about all the angels being locked up that sin, but cast them, what sin did they do? Well, cast them down to hell and deliver them. They're locked up to be reserved unto judgment and save the old world, save Noah. Spared not the old world, sorry, but save Noah, the eighth person and preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So it does tie it with that and demon activity with the next time too, then destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But it doesn't talk about the <coughs> the angels at that time. So Tartarus, the underworld, it occurs there the only time. It's a prison where the twice fallen, as uh, author put it, angels are kept. Peter now goes on to refer specifically to these angels back in our text in First Peter. It seems then that during the time. 
time <coughs> the Lord was disembodied by death, the Lord visited these various realms in the underworld to proclaim his victory over sin and death and hell. And Peter records the Lord's visit to Tartarus, the one we just looked at in Second Peter chapter 2. The spirits to whom the Lord made his proclamation. And this is in our outline there if you, if you follow that. <coughs> That's on the, on the phone. The, the spirits to whom the Lord made his proclamation were those which sometime were disobedient. In verse 20, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Now these are the, be the human beings. How great was the patience of God. It not only extended throughout 120 years, it took for Noah to build the ark, but went back nearly a thousand years. God long patience. Because there's indication a thousand years earlier, before the flood came, at the birth of Methuselah, Methuselah's father was Enoch, who was a joint of a prophet, according to Jude verses 14 and 15. Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied, saying, um, the Lord will come with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon the ungodly and, and ungodly and the ungodly. And I think three or four times it says the ungodly, he's going to come, he's going to do that. <coughs> and the name given by Enoch to his son was prophetic. Methuselah means when he dies, it will come. So it's a thousand years from when he gave that name to when God brought the judgment. God is very patient. No human would be that patient. God is so patient that the whole human race has corrupted itself but one family before he brought the judgment. He had to stop it there because he'd made other promises he couldn't fulfill if he didn't stop it there. 969 years. That's a, why did he live so long? Did he eat good veggies? He wasn't a meat eater. <laughs> no, it was because of the grace of God. That's what I say. Because God wasn't, was long-suffering with these people. He put up with the rot and the, and the filth and the garbage that was going on, just like he is today, with governments all around the world passing all the legislations that are against his moral standard and he's putting up with the rot. But he's, not, he's only going to let it go so far, then bang, and, and wait till Sunday morning. And we'll see the bang. <laughs> It'll be like round one, round two, round three, and all the rounds in the boxing match, as it were, <clears throat> that come after the, the main harvest, the resurrection there. Um, <clears throat> so Methuselah lived longer than any other man in, in, in history. In fact, if you look today at the length of the church age, and if you were listening the other day, there's 1,993 years, I think I said, that the age of grace has gone on. That's longer than the age of before the flood, 1,640 or something years. You take off 40 for innocence and conscience back there. And then the, well, the conscience was that age before the flood. Then human government, the age of the law. What, 1,400 years or what? But every age was shorter than the age we've had for the church, which is the age of grace. <laughs> it's the longest one. 
just like it was for the Lord with the age of the man, the longest one, the oldest man. <clears throat> That's what I said to the, my surgeon when he said, we've tried it out and it'll go for 270 years, the heart valve. I said, I'll live as long as Methuselah. He knew what I meant because he's a Jew. <laughs> he chuckled. And my body won't last. It's not going to. I know it. <laughs> feel a little ready. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we move on. <clears throat> the, the incarcerated spirits that Peter has in mind here seem to be the ones that are mentioned in Second Peter that we read about there, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. The Lord did not visit <clears throat> these spirits. He visited. Okay, we'll reread verse 20. And sometimes we're disobedient once the long-suffering of God <clears throat> waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, in which few, that is, eight souls, were saved. And so there's the, in verse 19, there's the evil spirits that fell that are mentioned in Second Peter chapter 2. There's the human ones that sinned. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men and, and mixed and corrupted the world. And let me read that to you in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. It came to pass when men, men began to multiply in the face of the earth, the daughters were born to them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. <clears throat> I was talking to the Bible College principal many 40 years ago when he came out to visit. We had a bit of a debate in the car driving around. I said, well, what else can that sons of sons of God mean he said well it can't mean anything else he, di he didn't want to have to admit that but he said it can't mean anything else other than angels <clears throat> because everywhere else it's that's what it's used um, and they took them wives of all whom they chose and the Lord said my spirit shall not always strive with men for that he that he also is flesh yet his days shall be 120 years there were giants in the earth in those days and after that there were the when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, bare children to them, and the same become mighty men, men of old, men of renown, when God saw the wickedness of man, it was great in the earth. And so <clears throat> it's been said that these giants were hybrid offspring. God had to destroy because the pedigree of man had been corrupted and only Noah was, not, was one that hadn't. And that's what has been said by many for a long time. And uh, even after the flood, this seemed to be going on. It was David that was used to wipe them all out when he came into the land and killed all the giants. <clears throat> the angels had suffered, as it were, two falls. They fell when Satan fell, along with the third of the heavenly host, and they fell when, just before the flood when they committed this transgression, according to Second Peter chapter 2. And... Uh, <clears throat> This transgression imperiled not only the whole human race, but also God's purpose in grace toward man. Because he said back in Genesis 3.15 that the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head. And if there wasn't a man for that to happen through, then his promise would, could not be fulfilled. And so Noah was perfect in his pedigree, perfect in his generations. And I said pedigree <laughs> deliberately. He was without blemish in his breed. And it can be red pedigree. All flesh was corrupted before God. And God had to rescue the just man who walked with God in righteousness. Genesis 6, 9 and 7, 1. 
Now I know that the other argument is that it was Seth's, God, Seth's godly line remained true to God. And their names are recorded in Genesis 5. But were they on the ark? <clears throat> there was Noah and his family that were there, the preacher of righteousness. Peter, no doubt, had his thoughts sharpened by Nero's persecutions <clears throat> and his thoughts turned back to Noah's day and the troublesome times then. My thoughts and your thoughts today are turning back to Noah's day too. Why? <laughs> because it says in Matthew 24... As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be when the Son of Man comes. We are living in progressively dark and diabolical days. Drug addiction, demon activity, demonic movies, demonic video games. Absolutely. Murderous things that Young people get, oh, it's just a game. It's learning to shoot. It's learning to kill. It's learning and not to think anything about it. <clears throat> Dangerous stuff to get involved and addicted to, folks. Is it not? Anyone listening? May you got the video game going on the other TV. <laughs> oh, that preacher's mad. <laughs> I'm enjoying my game. Dangerous stuff to let your kids get addicted to. Try to take it away from them, even the more innocent ones. We are seeing this race toward the end. And the devil is doing everything he can, from the government all the way down through society, in the classroom, to bring it under his control in the governments, in society whether it be through communism or, or capitalism, whatever he can do, he's corrupting society. And, and as we, we keep on saying, fewer and fewer people are interested, interested in spiritual matters. If you went back 100 years and uh, you had a prayer meeting like this, what happened? If they come to our day, what happened to the church? What happened? You know, old Cecil... Cecil... Um, Lesky, Lesky. He said, what's happened to our church? I said, you start preaching the word. That's what happened to the church. He said, our young people, just a walla walla. He said, the place was full. The balconies were full and young people everywhere. It was just gangbusters in the Lutheran church when he was younger. He was one of the young people. And he's trying to keep it going now and there's just a few old people. That was sad. He was sad, saddened him. And as I was able to give him the prophetical, he would never heard that sort of thing. And he said, ah, oh. <laughs> I hadn't talked to him since. But, <clears throat> yep, it's down, down, down. From the, from the Philadelphian church to the Laodicean church, he's lukewarm and is dead, and it's become, a social, it's become a social gathering, and it's lost the plot. Mm. Well, we need to have hope because the Lord's coming, and there are still fewer few bright spots let's pray and close before we have our prayer thank you lord for your word thank you for the promises noah would have been through and felt the same things that we're going through lord help us to learn a little more about what he went through 
Look at his times. Look at Lot's times. And, and Abraham, is he, he suffered along with Lot and prayed for Lot. And um, Methuselah, as he saw the downward spiral and others that were godly and died before the flood. Lord, that saw the wickedness and rampant decline in society and evil beings possessing people and doing terrible things among, among them. And Lord, I pray that you would have people keep the faith today and that you would find faith here at Lavington when you come. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>